How could you not tell me this? I know if I told you, you never would have come with me. And why is that so important, huh? The hell am I doing here and not somebody else? Your brother believed that there was a final piece, right? A last trick to 18 plague. I thought maybe he said something to you or sent you something. I mean, shit, all he ever did was talk about you. So that's what this is about. You dragged me all the way out here. Let me believe that I might see my brother again because you think that I know something. Yeah. Do you? Did you really just ask me that? You said that money changes people. Makes them greedy, makes them selfish. But you know what I think? I think that's just who you are. I don't think there was ever a better version of you. And whatever this is, no, I'm done. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode. That's right, I say exciting, because we're talking today the PlayStation game phenomenon Uncharted, oh, the film, not the game itself. Now the reason we're doing Uncharted is because my personal favorite franchise of all time, including Star Wars, including the Aliens, my Predators, and my Friday 13ths, and my Halloweens, my favorite series of all time is coming to an end with the new Indiana Jones. I'm a big Indiana Jones fan myself, too. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And you throw me Mads Mikkelsen as the bad guy, you even have me even more. So we are going to do Uncharted as we lead our way up to the Indiana Jones quadrilogy. And then we'll end with the new one, which would be... a Fiveology, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a quintology, yeah, or something, yeah, something like that. Is what it is, all right, yeah. But uh, I, I, regarding the new Indiana Jones coming out, I'm, I'm reserving judgment until I've seen it, obviously. But I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful. Let's just say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I get it. I'm a fan of the last one. No one likes it. I loved it. I don't mind and, it. But we'll we'll dive into that one when we get to it. Yeah. Um, but we thought it'd be fun because I think Uncharted came and went because it came out at a time when COVID was kicking in. Um, it was a did well. Um, there's a, there were rumors of a sequel. I hope to get a sequel after seeing the you know the post credits. Yeah. But was it good? This one is is tough because there were names galore for casting for this. You had Mark Wahlberg as the lead, which I'm going to be honest with you guys, makes more sense than Tom Holland. God love Tom Holland. I like the guy, but he was too young, I think. Brian Cranston was going to play, or De Niro was going to play Sully because Sully actually is an older character. He's in his 60s. Yeah, De Niro and all I know there was rumors of and, mm-hmm. and yep. other actors of that elk. Yeah, so you had, and this is what we end up getting. You got Mark Wahlberg as Sully and Tom Holland as Nathan. And I like both actors tremendously. I just don't know if Tom Holland was right for this. He just, to me, was playing Peter Parker. Right, I have to say, from the outset, I have never played Uncharted, the game. So I don't know the characters, so I was just coming into this like sort of new. 
and sort of yeah um these are new characters to me so i can't i'm not coming at it from a gamer point of view um i did well i mean we discussed the other day that um there isn't great chemistry between the two of them um there's it, not and that's there a problem and that's a, that is a problem spot on there and i yeah. think they should have refer i thought they should have made i should they should have kept with an older um sully like they did with the games like a mentor and, Yes, that's what Sully. That's what Sully is. Sully's the smart ass, cigar smoking mustache, which they show at the end of this film. Mm-hmm. And Drake is more. Who could have played? It's again. It's nothing against Tom Holland. I think they were going for a younger one because they see a big franchise coming. Yes, uh, but you could have got somebody else. Who, I just apparently Drake, he was offered this Tom Holland because he approached. He he's a producer on this, so he has a, um, yeah. on this. But he approached the studio, um, the studio Sony, I think it was, um, with an idea for a young James Bond franchise starring himself. They rejected him, but he was offered this um, instead. Apparently, yeah, you know, I I, I I like I said, I mean, you're probably in a better boat because you don't know the character. Yes, Nathan Fillion is an actor everyone loves. He is perfect. As P would be perfect as Nathan Drake. Problem is, Nathan Fillion is older now. So we wouldn't need Nathan Fillion from his Serenity days um, or Firefly days. Yes. That would have been perfect. See, Drake is, he's, he's, the character's a lot like Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones. Yeah. He, he's a cynical. Ass. He's cynical. He's, and, we didn't get this with the Tom Holland character. Um, no, he just comes across as like a young boy thrown in an adventure. Yeah, and it doesn't kill it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I want to see more, but we're, we'll dig into it a bit as we talk about it, uh, as we talk Uncharted. First and foremost, you get Reuben Fletcher. Uh, I'm not a fan of Reuben Fletcher's work. I'm not a, believe it or not, I'm not a fan of Zombieland. I've never and seen I, the Zombieland films. Yeah, and I'm certainly not a fan of Venom. I didn't like that. It was just, um, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, I've seen the first Venom film um, in the cinema, actually, and uh, it was mm, it was just meh. You see, the adventure films, to me, I, I love adventure films. And yes, so, so do I. This movie will get a pass from me, I'll tell you now, because I love adventure films. I'm a sucker for them. Mm-hmm. But I liked them before they, you had Indiana Jones, and that was it. And the other ones that came out after Indiana Jones kind of bombed. But they're fun. Uh, but they're more superhero-esque, like uh, Rocketeer. You had... Romance in uh, the Stone. Romance in um, the Stone is fucking brilliant. That yeah. did well. Yeah, yeah, you're right, but Romance in the Stone, you had uh, King Solomon's Mines, you had mm-hmm. uh, The Phantom, which was fun with Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. You had even Cutthroat Island, what we even put in there. Yeah. All of them tanked, besides Romance in the Stone. I know, it's it's, it's a weird cycle, what, what people are looking for at one, one time and what they're not looking for now. And... And then a few years later, we Pirates of the Caribbean is the biggest fucking blockbuster of all time, you know? Yeah. And you just can't judge people's uh, tastes you know, tastes, and what's what's going to strike, what's going to mm-hmm. be hot, what's not. But long story short, I love adventure films. They're probably, I just, you know, they're swashbuckling fun. And well, you mean you go back to the old ones, you know? Yeah, the old serials, the old yeah, Errol Flynn films. Journey to the Center of the Earth and stuff. Uh, and yeah, you had, yes, well, I don't think those were an adventure, though. I think that was, this is yeah. more. Yeah, well, maybe the old serials, yeah. Serial-esque, like Lone Ranger type. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was another one that came out? Uh, they had the Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen, which was fun. That came yes, out I remember 90s. that. Yeah. You know, and. It was so basically I, Young Guns, but 
in France. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but let's just jump into this one and see how those how this one competes. Uh, we got Nathan Drake, we got Sully, we got Santiago Mancada, and Chloe. Uh, now Chloe is a character. Chloe, Sully, and Nathan are characters in the game. Mm-hmm. Chloe is a is a is always on the side of Nathan Drake. Yes. Okay? So Chloe is a regular. Um, and then and you she's got a Joe. bit of a sort of crycheck character. You don't know she's jumping from side to side. Yeah. She's a bit, a bit of a mercenary. Yeah, she's like that in the game. Yeah. Then you have the three baddies. Well, you, uh, four baddies. Makata, Joe, the Scotsman, and Hugo. Now, again, minimal cast. I kind of enjoy that. I'm kind of cool. And then you got a bunch of people who just fall. Uh, I do like the opening sequence. I do love the PlayStation logo because they kind of copy Marvel. Mm-hmm. And it's all their different game logos that come out. And the problem with a lot of video games, and you probably know this, they suck when it comes <laughs> to their movies. They're horrible. Well, what uh, are you trying to say? The Street Fighter with Kylie Minogue and Jean-Claude Van Damme? Isn't it classic? <laughs> a fucking classic piece of shit. Or Mario, Super Mario Brothers no, from, with Dennis God. Hopper and John Leguiziano. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's, it's like uh, lately, though, you've had a couple of hits. I haven't seen them, but I heard that Sonic's really good, and the new Mario Brothers is supposed to be really good. Yes, and then, I haven't seen but, them either, but yes, I heard they're good. But the live-action ones, I tell you what, Mortal Kombat that just came out last year or so, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this one. They're, they're, they they seem the the video games seem to step up their game, yeah. especially when you see the PlayStation logo playing like Marvel with all their different characters in their logo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's their way of saying, okay, we're gonna bring our A game to this we're one. We're taking it serious. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's not just gonna be for a buck. Yeah. Now the opening scene I thought was fun. I do like the fact they draw you in which where the movie's gonna end technically. Um, so I kind of enjoy that a little bit. Again. The poster kind of gave this away, and so did the trailer. But there's nothing we can do about it. Movie movies are gonna fuck themselves by giving us too much in the trailer. But I do enjoy the opening shot with the plane. The plane was pretty fun. It's quite good. It's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously you know uh, not not quite Christopher Nolan, but you know uh, it's 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 very much you know like the rest of this film. It's general fun silliness, but again, it's not setting the world on fire, and we've seen it all before. Yes. Yes, exactly. Kind of like with, you know, the one we just talked about, 65. Yes. You know, there's something there, having fun. You know, can we really over, can we really, you know, judge it? It's casual entertainment. This one we can, though, because this one comes from a huge source material, Mm -hmm. and I know the cast they could have had. All right, so the film opens up 15 years earlier from the, you know, the, the plane sequence there. Mm-hmm. And Sam and Nathan are in an orphanage, and and Sam gets chucked off to, because you have the three strikes rule. Yeah. So it must have been L.A. If you're over, if you're not, if you're over 18 and you, you do a criminal offense in California, you can be chucked out of the state. Yeah, you can also get life imprisonment. I, I believe. Yes, uh, it depends on the on the uh, the crimes on the yeah. crimes. But yeah, it's called the three strikes rule. Yeah, so that's why he gets chucked out. Then we go to what is it? Fifteen? No, ten? Is it ten years? It's no, no, it's, no it's fifteen. Years. It's fifteen years where he's 15. working in a bar. 
Yeah, it's 50 years, and he's in the bar, and this is where we meet Victor Sullivan. Um, now, I know Mark Wahlberg's performance in a lot of his films is very deadpan, very, you know, mm-hmm. very monotone. It's kind of, he doesn't really raise his voice a lot. Yeah. It's very just, you know, he, he reserved in his in his lines delivery. Um, oh, God, I want to, I just, let's get this big chunk out of the way right now. From this scene at the bar... All the way to the heist that they're going to steal this cross is horrible. It's just pretty generic. It's uh, not even, I wouldn't even give it generic. The whole setup makes no sense. They wouldn't get away with what they just did. <laughs> well, I would love to know for an orphan where fucking um, Drake is getting all this money from. Well, he works as a barman. It must be some fucking pay. Uh, or, no, he's a con man. Well, yes, yeah, you know, like the, you see him he steal from the bracelet type thing. Yeah, but he makes that comment: "Oh, you rich little, you know, do, you know." He only steals from the rich. Yeah, Robin Hood Yeah, yeah. So I don't I, know. It was just a bit. A lot of it just seemed forced. Yeah, it it just the, the chemistry between these two is horrible. I, I have to admit it, and I and I hate saying that. Um, when he's talking to him and he's trying to. I don't know how he got, he hops all, they're at this big party and they're at this auction and you meet kind of all the characters here who are going to be the players of the group. What's the point of Antonio Banderas' character? Well, um, considering what I, happens to him? I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what the point is. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Here's yeah, exactly. the problem again with the casting. Yeah. Again, I like Antonio Banderas. So do I. I like he's all the, of, yeah. He's actually in the new Indiana Jones. Yes. And, but I'll tell you right now, for this kind of film, you needed somebody who was aggressive and mean-spirited. You needed a... Marge again, again, I always go to my go-to. You needed a Gary Oldman for this yeah. part. You needed somebody who can really over-the-top this. Uh, Mikado, Mikado, played by Baderas, is very bland and, quite frankly, not threatening at all. Especially with the way he gets bumped off about halfway through before the final act. It's just like, what the fuck was the point of him even being in this film? Yeah, I just think it was... It was a wasted opportunity. A plot twist they won. It was, I'll give I'll, you know, Actually, his death is a good plot twist. I'll give him that. Um, I just felt the whole thing was silly. Him jumping on the lights. Mm-hmm. And where's security? Where's the police? I know it's, it's nitpicking, but it's... At the end of the day... The Indiana Jones films would have had police in, in there and the security, and he'd find a way out of it. As silly it might be, he'd always find a way out of it. Usually by dumb luck. That's how Indiana Jones I, works. I must, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, found, I must admit, I found the Scottish henchman bad. Like, you know, it was just so fu- It was just, he was like a pantomime Scotchman. It was basically groundskeeper Willie. What do you mean, I'm a Scotchman? You know, you know, you know what I mean. And the one film I, I held off talking about it because I love the franchise and I hope they do bring another one back, especially with Nicolas Cage being big now, making a comeback here. I, I, I wanted a National Treasure, mm-hmm. and National Treasure are very smart films. They take their script and they base it on real facts mm-hmm. and they adapt slight little fictionalized, you know, tweak little. It tweak it a bit and it works flawlessly and they could have done it with this one but the one thing National Treasure did right and the Da Vinci Codes will say they at least made their heist clever in what they were going to do you'll kind of see a pre-heist what yeah. they're going to set up and then we see the actual heist happen 
and it, it might go awry. It might not work, but at least we know what's going to really plant the seed. Here was just like I almost felt like Fletcher, the director, went, uh, "Just get in that room. I don't care how you do." Yeah, it, it was a bit slaps, too slapstick. There was no real thought involved, and it was a bit too slapstick with him, you know, on the lights and stuff. Um, the Scottish um, henchman was stupid. Um, and pretty useless as well, considering Tom Holland is, is basically a child, you know, for all intents and purposes, compared to this big man. Uh, yes, I know the plot has to um, sort of, you know, be forward and he has to escape and stuff, but it was just, um, if it was Indiana Jones, it would have been a lot more tongue-in-cheek, but a lot more entertaining and well-directed. You know what this film missed overall, I, and what I was thinking watching it? Um, Spielberg. Somebody like Spielberg, a Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg, but you could well even Brockenheimer, Brockheimer, who did the National Treasures and um, uh, the the the, uh, the Pirates movies. Yes, you know Robert Jamekis, who did Romance in the Stone. Yeah, you know you needed. Here's the problem, and this is exactly the problem with with Hollywood. The classics, classics are dying out. Now you have these new these new fish in. Mm-hmm. Let's get the young guy from Venom and Zombieland to do this, and then you got young producers, and they're not thinking of the classics. Uh, guys, it's it's okay to take from the classics. Everyone takes from everybody. Just make it your own. But they, they haven't refuse. got the fucking imagination. They're just looking to to, to make yeah. um, a, a quick few bucks out of these. They haven't got the sort of. I don't know the talent, or and I'm talking about overall. I'm not picking anyone well, out in particular. Well, 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 let me finish. But my point was, though, is that there's arrogance to this younger generation. Yes, kind of yes. like what we have to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we lose some of our viewers there. Big time. These these younger generation think they're better than ever, than everyone else, and they don't look at the classics. Like I don't need to do that. I'm doing they it on my own. They dismiss the older generations that came before. And uh, you know what? At their own pearl, because so much stuff these days that's being pumped out is just mediocre. And you know, if there was a bit more respect to the classics, what came before, that brought us to where we are today, the um, we would be in a much more healthier position. Yeah. So you needed a Jerry Bruckheimer behind this, or or Spielberg, or Zemeckis, um, or fuck Kathleen Kennedy, uh, somebody who has an established credit or a history behind a genre like this. That's exactly what's missing. The problem is you have these arrogant young uh, studio execs now who think they can do better, Mm -hmm. and this is what we get, unfortunately. Now, the movie does turn. It gets better, but the whole intro for Sully, it almost takes you out of the film. Um, If not, does take you out of the film. Yeah. So now we get to Spain, and this is where we meet Chloe. Again, they meet Chloe, and, oh, Chloe's my friend. No, dude, you can't trust him. Really bad banter. Um, I knew right away Chloe's the bad guy, technically, and she steals the cross. And there's this chase scene between Peter Parker, <laughs> yep, between Tom Holland and her. Um, it's so poorly shot, and today's, when you get... Uh, the way the camp, you know who could have done this, Michael Bay. Yeah. Uh, now, or, I mean, it wasn't exactly like our. You, you what we were really looking for was something like out of one of the Bourne, the Jason Bourne films. Instead, well, it was quite weak. Yeah, you had that. I think that you did. You had some nice moments there, some some stunt work. But you're right. Well, so what happens is Tom Holland or the stunt or whoever I think it was Tom Holland actually was is faster than Chloe mm-hmm. than the actress playing <laughs> Chloe. 
So you can tell during the, watch it again if you want. You can see the edits to where he's running up behind her, and then it edits he's slightly behind her again. Yeah. So they had to do a reshoot, and because he's getting too close to her, we got to reshoot that, and they tweaked the edit. You can see it like three times in the mm-hmm. chase scene that Tom Holland's too fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's very amateurish, and again, what we just talked about: copy and paste. Yeah. The Makata Foundation is that's Banderas's, and his father. Who's the guy he he had? That Joe, he had Joe kill. Was um, that his uncle or father? I thought it was his father. Was it his father? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, I wasn't sure. And it's sort of, uh, that scene is supposed to set him up as like a real ruthless badass, but it doesn't work, um, especially with what happens to him, um, you know, later on, um, which is like supposed to be some sort of twist or something. It's just like, so what? You know, bad direction, bad, it's just bad realization. And lack of vision. All around. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a side story Chloe tells Nathan about. You need to tell ask Sully what really happened to Sam. Mm-hmm. So he planted that seed a bit. There's just all, there's this, when they go um, to look for the, they, they got the keys now. And he's got these handful of, uh, they're going to this church. I'm not going to tell you how they found the church because when, when Tom Holland explains it, I didn't understand it. <laughs> so There's a lot of plot holes in this. Yeah, there's a lot of plot holes. So he goes in and he sees the postcard from the church mm-hmm. that his brother sent him. It matches the one he carries. I knew the minute they introduced those postcards that A, his brother's still alive, and B, those postcards are the clue to this whole thing. Well, it was obvious his brother was always going to be alive anyway. See, again, this is another problem with modern films, um, you know, modern sort of big-budget mainstream films. Whenever they're making them, they're not looking just to tell a story, but to set up a franchise, and that often hinders an internal story in a, you know, in a film in and of itself. And again, I felt that there was too much of an eye on setting up a franchise here. And um, which tied in with the whole brother. Sort of, I mean, it was fucking obvious the brother was going to come back. Um, you know that you, you could have wrote that yourself. It would have been a great twist if it, like, the brother was the fucking villain or something, you know, or or something like that, or was it the, the real sort of bad guy behind things, or or whatever. But um, yeah, it's predictable um, from start to finish. Yeah, like when when they have to separate and. Sully so goes his own way, but he's tracking them with the phone. They go to that nightclub, that bar. Yes. What a horrible sequence when he fights. First of all, that Scotsman would crush him into a fine powder. Exactly. <laughs> um, but they escape through the back wall. Nobody sees this. And yep. they're in this like little tomb or whatever it is. And it, and then he, Sully's following them. And Joe attacks Sully at a, at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Nobody helps. Nobody comes around. They're fighting, beating the shit out of each other. Where's the police? Yeah. Where is what? It, again, anyone can film this. Anyone can go. Okay, guys, look like idiots and fight through that glass because he wants to put the key in the glass, whatever it is. The, Sloppy old run. And the fighting, the choreography, the fights are good. And but at the end of the day, you need some realism here. <laughs> and what I mean was real peril. Yep. All you have are the actor, the, the main actors fighting each other, but no, there's no other, uh, there's no other obstacles coming. There, Where's the cops? There's there Where's... is no um, proper tension. It's all basically paint by numbers, you know. 
It, it it's all basically they're going through the motions here. It's it's when they they're fighting right, and that then the uh they're they're under the tombs, and they turn the the key, and the water the room starts flooding. Yes, and he's got to and uh, Sully's got to turn the key, so he's got to get from the fight, turn the key, no go to the fountain, turn the key, and and so they're about to drown, and he goes, you got to find the uh, the map of life, whatever in the yeah. fountain or whatever. You got to find some kind of, and he turns around, found it. Oh, okay. Well, that's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. There's no tension. That's a bad direction. And but also, it's because we don't care really care for these characters. I spoke before, even um, you know, about how you know stuff that sort of freaks me out and like the descent and stuff is like claustrophobic, buried alive stuff. But see, whenever Tom Holland and the woman were basically almost drowning, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like so what, you know. But if that had been um, in in the hands of a like um, a highly skilled director, I would have been like squirming and saying, "Oh, you know, even though you don't want the back of your mind that they're going to you know escape." But with that, I just didn't give a shit, you know. I mean, yeah, even like when he's fighting Joe, you could have had mm-hmm. a couple of cops coming in, and it could you could have made it fun, like Keystone Cop style. Yeah, like they're coming through a bayonet, or whatever. What do they call them? Uh, whatever call those fucking things, and or electrical. Tasers, whatever, mm-hmm. and he's got to dodge them, and he's got to dodge her hits at the same time. That would have been fun. Well, you, you and, mentioned earlier, um, it, 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 you need that sort of a certain aspect of realism. Maybe even you know the Bourne sort of, as I mentioned, the Jason Bourne films. You know that sort of aspect to it, or whatever. But we just don't get that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's too easy. Mm-hmm. It's too easy. Um, and then and 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 then of course Chloe. Screws Tom Holland over and, and takes the uh, other cross, whatever, or the map, whatever it was. Yeah. And they ditch out. And this is where Tom Holland. Now, Tom Holland does a nice scene where he confronts Sully about his brother's death. And he says, once we do this, you and I are done. Um, it's actually a pretty good scene. It, it works. It's probably the best scene with between them two. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. We're 45 minutes into it. There's about an hour left. We'll say about an hour left. This is where the film picks up. Um, things do turn. It gets a lot better. The chemistry between these two is a little bit better. Not great, um, but it's it's a little bit better. I do like some of the twists that are about to come. I do like the fact that Chloe's actually working for Makeda. I didn't see that coming. I knew she was going to backstab them because I thought she just played for herself. But she plays for... Makata. So I thought that was kind of clever. I didn't see that coming. This is where the first hack was all sloppy, and the second hack becomes maybe someone in the editing room said, uh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I didn't see that twist coming either, but at this point, I'd stop curling. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Um, you have two female bad guys technically here, right? Yes. You got Joe and you got Chloe. You needed. And it was there going to be Chloe? I would say Joe at this point because we know she's going to be the true villain. You needed again a brutal, brutal assassin, mm-hmm. and it should have been Joe because we know why it's coming up. And she, the problem is she had a relationship with Sully. They kind of introduced that in the beginning of the film, and they kind of played on that because oh maybe she's not as bad as you think. Well, you're not going to go that route. We already have that with Chloe. We don't need two of them. 
So you needed one to go off the rails. Well, just you mentioned you, that. The villains in this film are boring. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, it, in a way, she was, I suppose, a bit like Elsa in um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Well, no, no, she wasn't actually, but the could have, um, um, where, you know, he has a bit of a history with her, or certainly his dad does. <laughs> but there's a bit of a romantic tension there. And uh, But it turns out she's a villain, but she also, like, almost redeemed herself at the end and stuff. But here it was just a bit meh. I do like the little homage to Indiana Jones. We see the plane flying over the map. Yes, yes. You get to point A, point B. That's kind of, kind of a little Indiana nod there. Indiana Jones is even mentioned in it, at this. Yeah, When exactly. did you become Indiana Jones, someone you should. They, they should have said, never, because this is not Indiana Jones. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> fucking hold a torch to it. Uh, but I do like the twist here, the one you kind of said in the beginning. Um, again, it would have been a lot better if Antonio Banderas was more terrifying. Because yeah. if you have a terrifying lead villain and he's like, oh, I'm all badass, blah, blah, blah. You guys, my father did this and this. And then all of a sudden, Joe cuts his throat. Yeah. You would have been, whoa, we didn't see that coming. But because he was kind of a pussy. It, and yeah, it's... by the ways, when you cut somebody's throat, you better give me fucking blood. Yes, exactly. Because what the hell was that little scar on his throat? You're cutting a man's <laughs> jugular, for Christ's sake. Uh, if you're it, if you can't show me more blood, don't make this fucking don't don't do it. Shoot him in the head, shoot him in the heart, whatever you want to do to make it PG esque, kid friendly. But don't cut a man's throat and give me nothing. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, I did, and uh, as much as I like Banderas, um, his performance here does give me the impression that he was only there for the paycheck. You know, um, it's too bad because he. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going with direction on this one. Yeah, it's because, a bad direction as well. Because I like him, and I, I do think I do he's, like in him, big, yeah. he's, he's in a big film. He hasn't done much lately, so it's nice to see him in these films, especially Indiana Jones and, yes. and in this one. So uh, I think he was told what to do. Yeah. If I was him, I would have said, no, I, I wouldn't want to be in this if I can't. I mean, he's got he's got that thick accent. Mm-hmm. He didn't even play the thick accent. He's got that thick Spanish accent, yeah. doesn't he? Yep. So he could have really have utilized that mm-hmm. and really fucking ham it up. Yep. Yep. But we don't get none of that, you know. He's, he's very reserved. Yeah. And um, Joe, as the main villain, is she doing better as a henchwoman? You know. Well, she was. Well, That's she was. I know, but she should have been the psychotic henchwoman. Yeah, Chris Jones, basically in a view to a kill. Yeah. Um, she should have been. Whereas they, they then set it up as the real sort of big bad, and it doesn't work. Oh, man. If Christopher Walken was Antonio Madora's character, that yeah, would have up, up Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even somebody like Mads Mikkelsen, who we mentioned earlier as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a handful. Fuck, you could have got... Well, there's, there's piles of them. Yeah. So... Jack Nelson in his prime. Yeah. Not now. Uh, so you've got this whole plane thing, and I really, really, really enjoyed the plane sequence. Mm-hmm. It was fucking fun. It's going back to what we talked about in this with all these other movies. I saw it reminded me a lot of The Phantom. It was just good, good adventure fun. Well, let's, I yeah, lo- let's I love how I, I do love the beginning sequence, how they twisted it a bit. So you saw it from Tom Holland's point of view yeah. in the opening scene. But in the second, when they revisited the scene again, they tell you what happened in the plane to get Tom Holland into that mm-hmm. situation. So you saw two different points of views, yeah. and I thought that was clever. I Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. This whole sort of, from this point on, where we're sort of going towards the sort of finale and stuff, it really turns in then to, like, basically, yes. Pirates of the Caribbean meets the Goonies. 
um, what it should have been the film. whole time. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you're right. It's, it's very Goonies-esque, especially the ships. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine. The first act should have gave us two films. The, first, the second act could have been what we get, the fun stuff. Goonies meets whatever. Yeah. And then the second act could have been played like a good spy thriller. I mean, it's not going to hurt you to do that and then turn the tables into an adventure film. And it could have been easily done with a couple one-line fixes, a couple extras playing cops, some silly changes. You could have really had something here for the whole film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it just pisses me off when you have such fun time here, especially in this second act, when it just seems there's talent now here. Where was this talent the first 45, 50 minutes? Um, but I tell you what, the plane scene was so fun, and when he gets hit with the car, I mean, it's just a every- scene in, in the film. Yeah, everything about it—it's it's escapism. Yeah, and that's what adventure even films better are. than the sort of helicopters with the that are carrying the ships and stuff. I thought that was still fun too. Yeah, but no, yes. no, but but I think the, the the plane scene was better. This is the best. This yeah. is and how and how Chloe gets out of it and how she has to get the gets the car mm-hmm. by um you know setting the thing on fire and you know that was that's that is an adventure film. That is getting out of something of a situation that you have no idea you're fucked. Mm-hmm. And she looked around like Indiana Jones would look around. What the fuck do I have to work with? She found you didn't get that in the first forty five minutes, which is when they're trying to find the crosses and the maps. That's what should have been in there. Yeah. Them looking around, trying to find what's going on. What do I need to get out of here? They got seconds to figure it out. That's what they should have done with what they did in the plane scene. Yeah, there's severe lack of tension, um, you know, running throughout. But yeah, especially in the first half. So when they get away from the. Uh, and it's stupid. There's no way they're going to survive this. But it was. But you go with it because of the fact it's, you know, Indiana Jones. Escapism. Style. Yeah, escapism. So you go with it. And when they get to. The, and then I do like the fact when. Him and Chloe, he figures out the the, the postcards are the of the answer, mm-hmm. and they're up all night putting together. And he keeps going, turning around to look at her as she's sleeping, because you can tell he's still not trusting her. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he falls asleep, he he found the answer, so forth, and he has the answer written on the coffee table. Well, I knew right away he gave her I false quote. Yeah, I knew right away, and then what they shouldn't have done was because Tom Holland was tricked before, what they should have done is not show the sequence of him turning his back to her and turning turning over to look at her because now you let the audience know he's on to her, technically, or he, he's more alert. Because once you did that, once you saw that piece of paper sitting in the middle of the coffee table, you knew you, you took away that little twist because we knew right away he was playing her. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, no, no, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. It's just small little things little like details. that. Little details. Little details, exactly. Um, I'm not a big fan of massive CGI, but I have to admit, I enjoy this. They had some good times with the ships. Some of it was a little, uh, didn't work a little bit. Um, but I really do like the fight sequences on the ships. I think they're well choreographed. I think they're fun. Again, I know I'm sound like a sicko, but I wanted more gore. No, I, I absolutely, I wanted gore and more sort of I a, mean, a, a better realism. 
Um, and stop. Well, you're, I don't think you're going to get. I mean, the realism is what we got. When you think about it, what's going to happen to these no, guys? They're just going to fall. A off certain the aspect of realism. I'm not talking about uh, like like you know like like some sort of I don't neo realism film from you know or some sort of kitchen sink drama from you know the 1960s or some Shane Meadows would do. I'm talking just that little bit. Uh, it was a bit too silly. It's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, cornball. Yeah. It was cornball. Yeah, I must uh, say as well regarding the Scottish henchman. He wasn't in any way threatening. He was just like a fucking like he's like the worst henchman ever. I have that in my notes. He's this big fucker, and he gets blown up with a cannon. It was a stupid he's fucking death. useless. So he, he should have been on. He should he should have been on that boat mm-hmm. and one of those ships yeah. and fighting and fighting. That yeah. would have been a better fight. You yeah, know, like Indiana him and Sully, Jones. like really knocking the shit out of each other, like and a real tense um, fight scene on one of the ships would have worked really well. But I mean, it's just he's like the worst henchman ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he should have been down. He should have been down in the, in the trenches fighting there, mm-hmm. and it could have been funny these two trying to fight him off, or even have the Scotsman fighting uh, Sully in the helicopter while Sully's trying to drive. Yeah, you know that would have been cool. Um, give us something. Um, Increase like the stakes. Um, even with Joe's death, mm-hmm. the boat falls on her. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I mean, even Indiana Jones. And I'm not trying to compare apples to oranges. Nothing will beat Indiana Jones. But at least with Indiana Jones, they showed you the violence without showing the violence. Especially, like, a perfect example. If you had the Scotsman fighting uh, Drake, you could have had, like, when Indiana Jones is fighting the uh, the big bald pilot guy. The big bald Yeah, guy and Raiders and, of the Lost Ark. I was yeah. just thinking of you him. Didn't see, you didn't see him get hit with the blade, but mm-hmm. you saw the blood fly. Because Steven Spielberg was directing it. Yeah. Well, something I don't get why they couldn't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Use a sword, maybe his head gets cut off, but do it a little yeah. more tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, or have the cannon <laughs> right up his, you know, into his stomach and hit the trigger. Yeah, something like that. Something fun. I mean, yeah. So, but at the end of the day, I did enjoy myself. It's. I mean, I don't hate this film. I just found it a bit too silly and a bit too generic and sort of seen it all before uh, but done much better uh, it's a case of it was more a case of uh, a shoulder shrug and it's like so what you know uh, well I, I I mean listen I the first half I mean I think you and I completely agree I think you and I agree on the film the first half is kind of crap mm-hmm. and the second half picks up a bit yeah picks up I think picks up quite a bit to be fair and I could watch this again and kind of, ah, what the hell? I don't think it. I could, to be okay. honest. So you're not, yeah, I, I'm giving, I, I think that's because of the Indiana Jones mentality in my head. Um, yeah. And maybe when I see the new Indiana Jones and I watch this again, I'm like, okay, no, this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> well, watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and then watch this, you know? <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, we don't get enough of these. So I think that's what it is. Yeah. To me, if a movie put, I mean, people are probably shocked that I'm giving this a pass because I ripped it to shreds. But just because you rip something to shreds doesn't mean you're still not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, what angers me about this film is that there's such potential here. Yes. Wasted opportunity. Yeah. You needed, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I just think you needed. You need somebody like Spielberg on board. with with a true vision and um, somebody who just you know knows their stuff um, inside out well so you weren't going to get Spielberg because he does the Indiana Jones franchise but there's got to be somebody else out there I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know so it did a lot I mean like half a billion worldwide so if you had never seen an Indiana Jones film in your life you would think this was 
a lot better than it actually is. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, I I don't know. I just think, and then you get the post credits. Sam was alive. And, yes, and they that's uh, then they have Mark that little Wahlberg cameo. Grows a mustache. Yeah, well, that's because Sully has a mustache yes, and a cigar. Yeah. That's why they did that. I didn't know that, but I knew there was something going on there. And you know, when they turn around, oh no, you don't see who it is. You know, that's Chloe. Yeah. Um, if they ever do a sequel, which I'm sure they would, I can't see them not. But you just you just know now. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they keep the same director for the sequel, or do they decide, okay, we see what went wrong. Let's get maybe a veteran behind the lens. Let's get John Turtledove. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he directed the National Treasures. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a company, Cool Runnings. <laughs> I, I like the Turtle and the two names, Ninja Turtles. So I like him as a director. So you know, do something. Give me, get somebody else behind the lens here. Shift um, things a little bit. Get uh, crap. Get uh, get Jules Avery out. He's got a movie coming out right? this week. Yeah. Jules, Jules Avery did uh, Overlord and Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be good. Smartin, I, I enjoyed Smartin. Yeah, and, the, and his boy, he's in this. Mm-hmm. You see that? You know, he's the bad guy from Samaritan? That's him at the end of the film. Right, is that plays, yes, I knew he was face from somewhere. He's Pilo, a Dutch actor or something. Yeah, Pilo yes. Asbeck. Yes. He was, he, but he's in all Jules Avery stuff, so. Right, when I knew he was face, so I'd seen him at the end. I was trying to picture, um, you know, I was trying to, you know, sort of think who it was, but it was a case of, like the rest of this film, I just lost interest and didn't get into well, the you know, In the yeah. end, we're, we're, we know it's bad. You know, even though I'm still giving it a pass, because I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel like I'm ripping on but I, I could watch it again. It's not boring. I think that's the whole thing. Yes, it's a missed opportunity, but it's not boring. And I had a smile on my face. So that's, I'm being too loud. I go, I, I'm going to be harsh and, and not give it a pass. Right. Uh, because um, I, I, I would describe it as a wasted opportunity. Yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. Yeah, what are you yeah. gonna do? <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for giving us a listen. We're gonna be doing a uh, another podcast. We're bringing Simon back. It was actually very well received with Tango and Cash. So we'll bring out another bad movie and see what else we get. Simon is back by popular demand. <laughs> yeah, don't tell him that. <laughs> don't, please don't give him an ego. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, I guess that's all we got. Anything you want to add, Trevor? Are we good? No, all good. All good. Cool. Guys, take care of yourselves. Take a chance.